0: Welcome to Verbal Art, a podcast where we talk about artsy stuff in different locations. Welcome back to Verbal Art with uh, Senior Ram. Um, This time a little bit of a special bonus episode. Um, We are here in Copenhagen in my childhood home and I'm going to uh, be talking to myself. About making this podcast. So a meta episode. um, Me interviewing myself. About interviewing people in this way. I'm going to see an attempt. If I can have an honest. uh, Impulsive conversation. I didn't write down any questions. So this is an attempt at my... um, conversational skills on a level that I have not tested them before and you will get to be the live what, well, semi-live audience for that. Um, okay so, hi Senior. thank you for coming uh, or being here in your own home. Well sure thank you for having me. <laughs> um, So, can you first explain us where we are, so that uh, people can be here with you? Uh, Yes, we are in my parents' apartment in Vesterbro, an older workers' neighborhood in Copenhagen, uh, quite central. Um, And we are in my old room, the room that used to be mine when I was a teenager, but since then has been my younger sister's room and then now currently as somewhere in between a guest room and my mom's uh, aquaral painting studio. So there are a few reminiscent traces of, of my own past here but not so many. It's like uh, mixed up with more leftovers from my sister's time here and then like um, current like storage and things. And also mine. I have a bag of clothes here for when I visit Copenhagen. Um, But the ceiling, the ceiling is dark purple, and that is my doing. I was maybe, I don't know, 12 or 13 or 14 or something, and I wanted my ceiling to be black, but my mom just would not have it. So I managed to push through a compromise of very dark purple. And it's a nice shade. It like uh, changes a little bit in the nuance, depending on the light. So I have left my mark on the space in this way. And this is where I'm staying now during the summer. Um, Yeah, and uh, can you... Let's talk about this whole podcasting, this, uh, this podcast series, this verbal art. Yeah, I, um, I all the time thought that I was going to do this experiment of, of interviewing myself. I've been playing around with the thought for quite some time, even before this podcast started. Um, but it just somehow seemed like an obvious uh, coincidence to do it in this way. And I somehow always wanted to explain what this podcast was about without like stuffing it into the other episodes when I'm talking to other people. And and I thought it would be fun to see if I could have an honest conversation with myself in this way. Um, So, how did it start out? Why, Why did you make this podcast? It's your first podcast ever, right? Yes, it is uh, my first time working with a podcast, uh, with that format. I kind of wanted to do it for a really long time. Um, For like several years, I've had this like draw in me to somehow like this. I've been intrigued with the format, but I never listened to any podcasts. So it was a little bit confusing for me that I wanted to make one when I didn't actually consume the same product type myself or didn't really know what a podcast really was you know I knew the concept of it but when you haven't really listened to any you don't actually know what it means Um, but then this year uh, I got um, quite bad covid in the winter and uh, I've been having long covid for months and months now it's a lot better, but um, I was really, it was debilitating for a while. So um, the last few years I've been working a lot with video as a medium and I have been working a lot with conversation and interviews and trying to like facilitate conversation in these ways. Um, and more recently I've done it a lot with video. But now after the COVID For a few months, I couldn't really work with any screens. I got migraines and my eyes were hurting and the headaches were really bad. So I had to like cut out all the screen work from my life and not work with video or photos in this uh, computer way as I usually do. And then I had to figure out another way to work uh, that would minimize or like totally avoid screen time and of course like audio work can entail a lot of post-production on this on the computer but I decided to do this podcast in this very raw no-nonsense way um meaning I I'm not adding sound effects or music or anything later and I'm gonna keep the the recordings like very authentic very raw not really do much with them usually you could enhance and fiddle with things and like um, make the audio experience more clean and more compact. Uh, all this is called post-production but you can also choose to not do it and just try to record decently from the beginning. So this was a way of working that I thought could um, minimize the screen time necessary for the project. So, um, yeah, so. More technically, I am just recording everything with this uh, Zoom H4n Pro Field Audio Recorder, which is like a microphone that does a good stereo uh, recording, uh, so it records a very broad angle of sound, which means it's really good for, for spatial recording. You get a lot of the ambience of a space or, or the outdoors, it's really decent also. Um, So I have recorded all the episodes with just one of these, and it's pocket size, so it's um, super convenient and really handy, which made the project more accessible to me also, that I could easily just make appointments with people on the fly and just bring this in my pocket, and no big setup, no big uh, pack down. Um, So... All the episodes are recorded in this way. Well, yeah, or actually the first one, the very first episode with Cosmo uh, was the experimental test run. So there I had set up two different audio uh, solutions and was recording um, with two different methods. So one was this Zoom recorder um, and then which is just lying on the table and at one point you can hear Cosmo like tapping his hand in the table and I forget to tell him that like that will be audible on the recording uh, but there I also had set up this uh, like more radio sound studio f- look of a, a like more what you ex- imagine maybe that a podcast setup see- looks like with a microphone each sitting on each side of the table, very like statically, and then having a microphone each, um, and like this pop filter, which is this um, fabric screen, like round fabric filter in front of the mic, so that it takes away some of the spitting sounds you make when you with your mouth when you talk directly into a mic. And we were both like wearing headphones individually and could hear ourselves and each other in the headphones, and I decided afterwards to not use that recording to, to just stick with the Zoom, first of all, because of like convenience. The other setup requires uh, more machines and devices to be set up, a computer, a sound card, uh, mm, like a table to fix the microphones and everything too. To. So yeah, it, it would have been a big heavy backpack every time I would have had to go somewhere and it would have taken a lot longer time to set up and pack down but also the the sound is so dry that's a when you talk about in sound terms you talk about dry and wet sound so dry is like very clean no reverb no space no effects and wet is like the opposite so the recording i got from that studio setup was was so dry and like ready to be worked on in the post-production, that it had no soul of the of the conversation somehow. Like, the whole space was gone. With the Zoom recorder, you could hear this, like, annoyingly eerie um, ventilation sound that was in the background the whole time, which could be undesirable in a, an audio recording, but in a way, that is the sound that Cosmo is listening to every time he is working in this dark room. So I thought it in a way it was very important to have it there, or quite nice. And so if I had used this like studio setup and recorded this super clean right into the mic sound every time um, you would never be able to differentiate between the spaces that I go to. And like all of the episodes of this podcast is is recorded in different places. it's on location. So I made a choice about the recording device already from the first episode, but I do think that maybe the Cosmo episode, that we're a little bit more stiff. Because um, when you sit with headphones on and talk into a microphone directly, and you're a little bit static in your position, you can't move around the space, and you can hear yourself directly into your ears, which is like a little bit odd. I think we might have become more like radio stiff um, from not being practiced, any of us in this way, which is a bit of a shame. So I think that it's more relaxed when the recorder is very tiny and you don't really consider it to be in the space. You can like place yourself naturally across from each other or move around if necessary. Is that important in this series, that um, that it feels relaxed and natural? Well, yes, I, in, in general, uh, whenever I work with conversation or interviews, I see it as my, my task or my challenge to, to see how well I can facilitate something like an interview so it feels like a natural conversation. That's really the interesting part for me. I like to work with, with people and interaction and, and consider myself as like a, a social curator or a, or a facilitator in some way. And I believe that the interview format really has a lot to to bring out that a normal conversation would not necessarily do. Because the interview is focused on the people you are interviewing and it's focused on the topic Um, or on their interests fields and so it's good for me to let the conversation flow naturally um, and branch out but then I keep bringing the focus back to the people that I'm talking to or to their art we're talking about in this instance and so I give the people when I interview someone I give them more space in the conversation than I would in a normal conversation, that was just between two people. Um, And I try to share a little bit of myself and bring myself naturally into the interview talk, but uh, not too much, because the interview is not really necessarily about me. Uh, It's about my conversation with these people. Uh, But unless it's about our experiences together or something, then... I don't want to like take the stage too much, which is a good exercise for me in my life previously. Those of the listeners who have known me for many years will know that I have been a talker and um, less of a listener. Um, So working with conversation and with other people in this way has actually been quite like a self-development tool for me in this way that I have uh, practiced. Being an active listener to like a really high level of attention. Mm. And um, how did you go about like the concept of, of this podcast? A podcast can't be, well, anything. So how did you choose what to talk to people about or who to talk to? Um, well, I generally, um, generally find it interesting to talk to people about their work and how they work. Um, I work a lot with curation as well. And I don't know, I find other artists and their individual practices and differences quite interesting. But I also believe that a lot of this... Um, well, a core skill for me that I utilize in in curation, in facilitation, what, whatever these different roles could be categorized as, is maybe an element of translation. Uh, not just between different languages, but also between different knowledge areas or different mediums. Um, so... When you study art in a fine arts academy, like I do, like many of the people we have talked to in this podcast series, we study in the Fine Arts Academy of of Helsinki. When you study art, um, you are in this world of like uh, lingo and rhetorics um, belonging to that area of academia, belonging to that area of work, which naturally goes for all jobs, you know, uh, as medical position they know a whole language the rest of us have a hard time following because then they can talk to each other about it and they know what each other mean and they learn that during their studies so it makes sense that in an art academy that you learn a lot of terms to describe what you're doing which for the common folks who did not study art um, can seem very abstract and blown up and and they really are honestly a lot of us also Uh, try to use words that are smaller or more basic because it becomes very repetitive when everything is these like yeah there are these like fashionable terms in different area area, in different areas of art but especially in different eras of um, modern art right now for instance everyone is all about like transhumanism and post-humanism and stuff. And that's because we're moving into this AI universe and computer robotics and stuff. But, you know, when everything is just, like, um, plastered with these fashionable, flashy terms, it becomes a bit flat in itself. So, I don't know. Oh, I lost... I lost my thread now. Well, we were talking about, like, why you decided to... To talk to the people you did about the things you talked about. Oh, yeah. So, when you study art in an art academy in a foreign country and you visit at home and... Like, all your friends and family who did not study art themselves, um, they were curious and also um, a little bit oblivious to what it actually is you are studying. Like, what is your education amounting to? What is it you're learning? What is it your work is? It might be a little bit easier if you are very strict within one medium. You can say, I am working with photography or I am a painter. Something more classical that people can somehow envision. But I work across a lot of different mediums and a lot of different techniques and I work with ephemeral abstract things like conversation or facilitation of human situations. And you, yeah, it already is a little bit weird to explain because what does it actually mean? So I think this podcast was also just an idea for how to bring this like closed off art production world Um, into the homes and speakers of all these people who ask me, so what is it actually you do? And then by talking to other people, maybe I don't explain exactly what I do, but I can help other people explain what they do in a way that might be um, digestible for different people. So this is why I go into these like different... Um, levels of technical explanation and exploration in the talks with people. If you have listened to other episodes of this podcast so far and haven't started with this one, you will know that I ask people a little bit about their techniques and methods and I try to explain words that people use to the listeners. Um, And I try to explain them in a non-condescending way and I hope I manage to um uh, but because i realized that a lot of words that might be uh everyday use for you when you work with them for other people um who might not work with art or art uh, or who might not even have english as a first or second language or yeah so all of these words might be a little bit like harder to decipher so i try to help the listener Keep track of what we're talking about. Um, yeah, one one question that that I or we were asked about this uh, podcast at one point was who is it for. Um, so yeah, who is this podcast for? Who did you in consider to be the audience when you recorded it? Yeah, this is one question that I have decided to now bring into this interview that someone else has asked, um, because it's a good question. And I think, well, what I answered to the person asking was like, really, it's for anyone who bothers to listen. Anyone who wants it can have it. Um, But maybe who I had in my mind. um, Wow, a really big fly just came in um who i had in my mind a little bit or in the back of my mind when when deciding what to explain and to what degree i think i chose uh like the image or or the concept of a person in my mind who would not be completely ignorant towards like art and and art history and um experiencing like Culture in this m- exhibition way, but also um, someone who is definitely not aware of like, the general praxis and, and talks in a f- contemporary fine, art, fine arts academy um, and who do not work with many of these techniques and who do not speak English in this academic level that we sometimes forget that we learn to talk about our art in this very specific way. So, in the back of my mind, I was explaining everything to my mom. Hi mom! Um, which I thought found to be a good compromise for like, who to envision when I explain uh, or translate these things we're talking about. Uh, yeah. It, I don't think it was so conscious to start with, but I have realized, maybe, that, that I, I'm ex- imagining that I'm explaining to her, that I'm talking to her. I, I imagine that she will listen to this podcast series at one point also. Um, and what about like the, the theme? Do you have interviewed a lot of people in their exhibitions? Yeah, so I thought that it would be interesting to to record on different locations and um, well so many of my friends in Helsinki are artists uh, that I know through the work or through the studies and so everyone always has like exhibitions and things going on and it just felt like a good a good chance to catch people while they had something interesting to talk about something that they had worked on and maybe were proud of and something immersive where we could go and capture like the the moment of it. Um, So I have chosen the people uh, like primarily based on that. If they had something going on to talk about, if they were working in a place that maybe they would find interesting to talk about. Um, And then also of course people who I thought I could have a good conversation with and and people who wanted to be on the podcast. Like I have asked some friends. <clears throat> who did not wish to be interviewed. Or or appear on the internet in this way. Which is fair enough. I respect that. Mm. And then I. I had this idea that. I wanted to see if we could. Visually explain art. Because what happened when I got. Covid and. For a few months, was not able to work with screens. Was also that I was not able to consume any visual entertainment. Um, so usually in my life, I, I kind of like pull the plug from my brain and and relax with watching TV series and movies. I mean, I I when working with film and moving image, you are an an attentive viewer, I would say, but still. Um, sometimes I can be too tired to to read books and then I watching TV series or something instead uh, is nice but for a while I didn't really dare to watch anything like not for work not for entertainment not for nothing um, and I couldn't read either for a while I like I really my eyes were hurting my Headaches were very bad. I was walking around with sunglasses and headphones indoors because the lights and the acoustics were too overwhelming for me sensorically. I got exhausted. So what I started doing was that I actually started listening to podcasts. A lot of podcasts. Podcasts about people dissecting movies and talking about them, like movie critics and people talking about movies and directors which felt a little bit like watching the movies or rewatching them. And then I moved into to watching films and TV series without watching them. So I would put them on and then I would turn off the screen and only listen. Um so that was really interesting for a while to um re-experience or experience from new some things without having the visual support of what was happening so to only have the audio Um, some movies and series like work a lot with the soundscape as well that, that it's really the sound design is very crucial and like really worked out and supports what is happening a lot or even explains it to this like Subtle subliminal degree that you can kind of follow What is happening even without seeing it? Um, Some directors work with soundtrack and like music choices really well Other times it becomes very apparent how bad the acting is or like how bad the dialogue was written that it just when you don't have people when you can't see people having the conversation, you can only hear it. It becomes clear how unnatural the conversation actually is. And nobody would talk to each other in this way. So that was really interesting. I think I learned a lot as a, as a someone who works with film from listening to films. I, I can recommend it. And then, yeah, I started being really curious about this. How can you facilitate or translate something visual to or something spatial, like the feeling of being in a space to someone who is not physically there, to someone who cannot see what is being talked about. Mm. And so it became a little bit of this like research project with this podcast to see if if I could help people translate their visual art into words, hence the title of the podcast, Verbal Art. Um and um yeah sorry sometimes it's confusing for me right now to be uh talking to myself as if I was two people which is why it might not swap as naturally as the other interviews but I'm I'm trying because I think it's a little bit funny so um how well did you think you managed do you think it was successful this this research into or this experiment into translating art to words um, well successful that I think that's a very uh, difficult thing to to judge yourself <laughs> I don't know if I am the right person to ask if it's successful or not since I have seen all the art and been in all the places so for me, when I re-listen to these episodes, like I know what I'm listening to. Um, so maybe that question is better asked to someone who was not there, who has just been listening. Some feedback that I got on the first, so a few of the first episodes was that it was a little bit hard to keep focus. Um, and I agree at least with the very first episode um Cosmo and I talking about these photos, I I do realize that even I, when re-listening, am like floating a little bit away. But isn't that also the beauty of podcasts, that you don't necessarily have to attentively listen all the time, that it's allowed to do something else at the same time? At least for me, during the spring, I was um, not just sitting and staring into the air while listening to a lot of podcasts I was doing like uh, exercise programs at home so like um, (laughs) doing like uh, uh, strength exercises like uh, doing push-ups and stuff while listening to podcasts about movies or doing aerobics uh, while listening to x-files for instance like um yeah, <laughs> so I, I, yeah, I'm not so good at just sitting still with something. So I think podcasts offer you this nice way that since not so much is happening, it's okay to to let your mind wander a little bit. Um, what was the question? Yeah, how how successful this experiment was? Oh yes. Um, I think. Maybe successful in the way that I think I had some really good conversations with the people I talked to. Mm. I learned a lot about them as artists and their art, and maybe they learned something about it too, I can only hope. Mm. And successful in the way that I have learned a lot about, well, what to do with this podcast in the future, but also to... um, how much to stick with a concept or not that maybe um trying to i'm I'm a little bit stubborn in some of the interviews i think trying to bring the focus back to like what are we looking at the visual side of it and trying to explain it and sometimes maybe it would have been better if i would have just like allowed the conversation to flow into other areas and not try to bring it back and this like stubbornness about Um, explaining the visuals, maybe it's not so important, maybe it could have just been like a starting point for a deeper conversation. But um, I mean, I hope that people are just imagining things and and getting their own experience. That was like, my intention was that it doesn't really matter if people actually know how the exhibition looks. If they can imagine an exhibition from what we are explaining, then they somehow have created a new work from the work uh, that we started with, which I think is really interesting. If everyone listening to this podcast, like if their imagination uh, helps co-create new versions of all these pieces. Uh, And then it is still a cultural and artistic experience. And maybe it's not the same as people in the gallery had. But then again, everyone in the gallery, they also have slightly different experiences. So we always bring some of ourselves to the meeting with art, I I believe. That everyone uh, experiences art and perceives all these things like... um, ...from their own point of view, which means from their own point of knowledge and uh, mindset and mood and what company they're in and... ...everything uh, plays into to how you experience, for instance, a gallery show or just one artwork. Um, and you would experience the same piece differently in different times of your life, maybe. So in that way that people don't actually have the visuals to to this maybe it's not so important maybe that's not the relevant part of it and in any case i mean um i guess all the artists are giving out their um websites or instagrams or something uh, during the podcast talks and i'm planning to list them all so that people can actually see how it's spelled and find them Uh, whenever I do manage to put this podcast online yeah now it's what the eighth episode and it's still not published um but soon I promise so if you are all super curious to to like see if your mental imagery of of these explanations and interviews match the reality then you can go and check out all these artists um, ...websites and Instagrams and see if you can find documentation from from what we're talking about. If people are just as slow as me, um, maybe you won't be able to find everything yet, but... ...but maybe some of it. Some people are better at keeping up to date with their social media than, than I am. Um, yeah, well, I will just check the time. Okay, 36 minutes. It's not too bad. Uh, Since I know you have been trying to keep all these episodes somewhere between 45 minutes and one and a half hours. Yeah, one ended up being one and a half hours. It was large. Um, But so um, you say you call this the first season, um, which mainly was recorded in Helsinki. And what do you mean? Will more seasons come? Yeah, I, I mean... So first season was naturally recorded in Helsinki because that's where I live since four years. And so, yeah, that's an interesting thing that the first season, let's call it that, was was focused a lot on this, like trying to explain visual art on location. And so in this little bit conceptual um, approach to to selecting the artists and the episodes and how to go about them. But it also reflects um, that I am a foreigner living in Helsinki and still getting to know the culture there. Um, And a lot of the people I interview are foreigners living in Helsinki in the same position as me or similar. So I do think that this first season reflects that a part of my interest area is also trying to decipher my surroundings um from this cultural exploration uh standpoint so i probably make a lot of assumptions in many of these talks about what finland is and what it is the finnish art scene and finnish culture and all of these things i i do not know enough to really know any of these things but I also believe that it is impossible to try and understand something if you don't, like, make an attempt at categorizing things and um, accepting some truths or perceiving some patterns. So if I make assumptions that might be wrong or um, a little bit rash or, or oversimplified, it is my brain's way of trying to like quantify something into uh, understanding um, but it, that is why it's so interesting to talk to all these other people about it also and not have that as a theme in itself but that it becomes this like underlying frame or like yeah this that we are in it so even if we don't try to talk about it we automatically talk about like little aspects about it here and there so maybe from listening to this podcast what the listener can learn or discover is not only different artists and their ways of working and thinking about what they do it's also uh, maybe learning more about the art scene in Finland or the art academy or something yeah Finland is like a funny country in this way that most of us in Europe. We don't know that much about it it's tucked away in the corner Um. So I had no idea what Finland was before I applied to the school. I had never even been there uh, So I was all like completely fresh off the boat when I arrived and have just like accumulated knowledge and understanding and... and, yeah, I don't know, trying to integrate a little bit into the society, while also focusing a lot on this art studies and work. Um, and so to stay in the, uh, to stay in the spirit of this first season, uh why don't you explain the place you are in right now a little bit more so people can can see it with you uh well yeah, okay mm. so this is an old house. it's like a hundred and fifty years old or more maybe um so it's quite crooked it's uh this old brick wall house um, with wooden floors and old, like, uh, stock? It's, no, it's not called. In Danish it's called stuk. I don't know what it's called in English, but this, like, um, uh, plaster details in the edge of, like, where the ceiling and the, and the wall meet each other. So these, like, decorative details. But this is not, like, a super fancy old house. This is the old workers' area. Um, where one of them. In this area were a lot of like uh, butchers uh, uh, working or living. The old meatpacking district is very close. So it's not the really big fancy apartments but also not the really tiny shabby ones but somewhere in between. So like these decorative details in the ceiling are not complete. <laughs> they are like, they're there but they're not um really extravagant or elaborate mm, but the uh, all like window uh frames are really like carved out woods and still nice old handiworks um yeah there's some different wooden furniture in here an assembly of an old uh clothing uh of cabinets and like an old makeup dresser thing and its old um, uh, fancy vitrine thing where you would maybe have all the fancy uh, glassware in the dining room and this wooden bookshelf and these are different like a inherited items through the family and different accumulated furniture items that basically have all ended up in this room because they are too precious to throw away either that they are like in themselves like really good furniture or that they have like family ties that we weren't ready to to, to cut mm, so but they don't fit in with my parents' living rooms and, yeah, I couldn't bring them to Finland. Um, So, now this room has been this, like, storage of of furniture and things, but it's not overcrowded, it's okay. Um, There are some plants that I'm trying to keep alive while my mom is gone for the summer. My parents, they live in their cabin, Garden, mostly right now because the weather is really nice so so I am here alone in their apartment which is very convenient to have an apartment waiting for you in Copenhagen uh, Most of the books in the bookcase here are uh, children's books and uh, coming-of-age youth novels but there are also some like random leftovers from my book collection. I had a massive book collection at one point uh, because I, I, I owned and ran my own, like, uh, bookstore when I was 20, so more than 10 years ago. But I gave away all my things and traveled a lot around Asia after that. So I, I see a few titles here that are left from that collection, but otherwise... um most of it has, has passed on to other hands. Uh, and then there are some videotapes. Free Willy and some Spice Girls documentaries and Aladdin and some home recordings and, and stuff like this. So we really are in the funny storage space somehow, which is also you know, normally my mom has her Aquaral stuff in here. Uh, and yeah, there is a painting on the wall that I made when, uh, mm back when I was a teenager and I had this very short phase of like thinking that maybe I was going to paint, uh, which I was not, I was not very good at it and, and also it didn't really speak to me that much. Um... So there are two paintings in here that I did during that time and uh, one is on the wall it's <laughs> bright orange with a red tree I guess on it and like a turquoise or mint green uh, bar in the top it's very uh screaming in the colors and I mean at this point I do not enjoy having it right here above my bed that much, but this painting is a little bit is a little bit special because at one point my mom also did not really want to hang it, and I had gifted it to her. But then I got very angry, and i <laughs> i I told her that uh she should be proud of my creative endeavors or that I would not gift her any more artworks if uh, she was ashamed of them and didn't appreciate them and why she had hung all my older sister's like children's scribbles, but then me, now the apartment had to like fit because what she said was like, it doesn't fit anywhere. So my mom, with a heart of gold, went out and bought a, a carpet that fit with these colors. So for a long time, for many years, it was hanging in the, in the hallway, which then was very orange, bright and red. But now it has it has ended up in here, <laughs> in the extra room. Uh, so, and then uh, the other painting is a painting I painted for my grandfather, for my late grandfather, for his 70th birthday, I think. And somehow I found it appropriate to paint a naked lady for my grandfather so that is what I have done she's like floating in blue space maybe in the air or in the water I don't know she doesn't have a face but she is naked uh so I I don't really know this was a young choice of mine Mm. so this is the space we're in I don't know if you can hear the birds from outside I have the window open it's summer um this used to be a very like a brick and asphalt kind of neighborhood, quite rough uh, when I was growing up. A lot of morning and late night bars, a lot of uh, junkies in the courtyard, in the staircase. And well, they are still here, but uh, there was this uh, big sanitation of the area in the 90s. And so a lot of gentrification has happened since then. And now it's this mix of Junkies and overpriced cafe lattes. Um, and so the the tiny little crammed courtyards um, were opened up during the sanitation period. And so now we have like an open shared courtyard with green, like there's trees are planted and some grass and stuff. I, I can't remember if there were bird songs earlier. I mean we obviously had pigeons and stuff but yeah I can't recall I was too young to remember if if in the 90s it sounded like this outside Okay now it has been nine uh, or 50 minutes talking and um well yeah since I didn't write down any questions for this interview, maybe uh, let's just talk about that. Do you write down any questions for the other interviews? Like, how do you go up? This one is a little bit special, me talking to myself in this funny performed way. But how do you go about it when you interview all these other artists? Um, do you prepare the interviews, the talks, in any way? No, um, no, I do not. I'm sorry, I have to admit, I don't, I I, I read the exhibition te- text only for one of the exhibitions that we have talked about in the podcast series. And maybe this has been a mistake, maybe I should have done a little bit more research. I, I mean, I am not, I didn't even go through the exhibitions beforehand. I experienced them firsthand with the listener while we are talking about them. And maybe I could have asked better questions if I had, like, done my, my legwork for it. But, uh, I don't know. This whole series was just... I needed it to be light, easily accessible, not this massive project. A project with no deadline, no constraints, whenever I had the energy to work and do something. Um, so, dragging out over time and not really as this big mm, research load or anything. But in any case, anytime I do interview or conversation work, I never write down anything beforehand. I I follow like an intuitive script of knowing the people that I talk to, to some degree. Well, not always, but often I, I talk to people that I... Do know some of their work or history or personalities, so I trust that I am um, a little bit know how to talk to them already and um, of course mentally I cannot help but somehow prepare some questions in the way that I know what I'm interested in asking about I know why I want to talk to them somehow And um, I mean, I often have conversations in my mind about anything. So if, if I have to give a speech or something, I also don't write it down. But I will maybe have the speech going on in my brain for a while or have conversations about it with people, like just in my imagination. So in some way, maybe I always prepare. But I didn't never write anything down also for this. One with myself, I never wrote anything down. And I tried actually for this one to not practice it too much in my mind beforehand. I wanted to see if I or we could have this uh, funny improvised uh, staged conversation. And I don't know how well it's going. (laughs) You will all have to be the judges of that. But there are often, after I have talked to people, I realize all these things that I would have liked to ask about or that I should have mentioned. Like, for instance, with Cosmo, that we talk about how he is working in the dark. And he has to memorize where everything is because it's pitch black in this dark room while he is working with his photography. I know that he also is wearing a gas mask during some of these processes because the chemicals are quite uh, poisonous or at least I recall him telling me about working with a gas mask on. So that is something that I forgot to mention or ask about which would have been uh, maybe nice for the listener to have this visual of Cosmo being in the pitch black darkness with a mask, gas mask on all alone like remembering exactly what is where. And Maybe we could have even recorded the sound of him Breathing into the gas mask to have this more authentic experience. But yeah, when you don't write things down, uh, you also lose a lot of things in the momentum. Because I cannot remember everything. And that is kind of like part of the game, I guess. You can't have everything. So if you want to have a conversation with eye contact rather than a paper in front of you, then... Yeah, this is the price you pay. But I do think it's a good uh a memory exercise to see if I can if I can keep track of my own thoughts also and remember to ask the right questions. And and I mean honestly the questions kind of like uh invent themselves during the talks usually. So people say something and then I find it interesting to ask more about that. Um, Yeah, so what are you going to talk to people about in the future of this podcast? I know a lot of artists and creative people here in Copenhagen that I would like to talk to, also because this is a really interesting way to talk to people that maybe are your close friends and you are used to having normal conversations with them, but then asking them like about their work and having this focal point of the conversation, it's different, and it brings out different things than the normal conversation would. And I just I find it so giving. I fi- I feel really privileged that all these people open up and share their thoughts with me. That I get to to know all my friends in this deeper layers, like in this level of their work and, and interests and, and mindsets. Mm. That also brings me closer to them and and makes me understand what they are doing more. So I want to interview some of my art friends while I'm here. Um, don't worry, I will still do it in English so that it can be <clears throat> for the internet and for all of you. Um, but. I think I have decided by now to to not maybe keep it so strict, Um, at least while I'm here with this uh, explaining visual art and like visiting exhibitions, Mm. but more um, talking to different people who work creatively, not necessarily even with fine arts, but mm, bring in some musicians and. I like I talk to my cousin that I could interview him for instance. He works as a prop master for film and TV and yeah. So talk to different people who work with these like different areas of art and culture and um, talk to them about their process and stuff. So maybe the soundscape will also change a little bit. I mean if I talk to people about music I, I assume we will have to put some music on the podcast as well either live or or in the post-production, but now I can also work with screens again, so now I can do more intricate editing work if I decide to. Yeah, maybe let's go back to that a little bit, the whole technical aspect, since you have asked all the other people about their methods and techniques, so uh, let's do that as well about this podcast. so are you doing any editing work at all on this first season? You said you wanted to keep it very raw and easy and authentic, but since you now mentioned that you have recovered enough from your long covid that you can actually do proper editing again and work with screens, uh, are you going to then reevaluate your decision on on this podcast series and like uh start editing all these episodes before publishing them? Yeah, that's a really good question, and it's one of the reasons why I haven't published this season yet. Well, first of all, I wanted to to wrap it up with this bonus episode of me talking to myself and I. But I also have been debating with myself whether or not to do any editing at all. Um, I mean, there are a few coughs and and loud sounds maybe that would be more pleasant for the listener if I removed or... Are toned down so that if you're listening in headphones that you don't get that the audio level is more or less um, maintained at the same intensity the whole time and this you can do through well like dissecting the audio track um, and take away if someone is like accidentally uh, tapping the table or like you are know, making a, a, an annoying sound you can like physically cut that away from the piece of audio physically on the screen obviously so like digitally physically Mm, and but you can also when people are talking really low or then laughing really loud of course there's quite a difference and so you can normalize this a bit or like make sure that everything that the low levels are brought up and that the high levels do not like peak over some decided level that you decide is good for the ears this you can do with different um editing techniques in audio software. you could master it or use compressors or use limiters um all of these things are used on on whatever sound you normally hear in the radio and music. Pop music is like very produced it a lot of work has gone into to these things. Uh, so, I don't know, at this point when recording this episode, I haven't really decided how much I will um, fix all of these uh, episodes or not. Mm. Maybe only a tiny bit? Oh, I can see the batteries running out, so maybe this is a good good place to stop. But I'm also still in the point of like um, re-listening through the whole series i haven't even re-listened through the whole series yet uh because okay yeah now it actually happened that it died the zoom recorder uh while i was talking i i didn't plan or schedule that i was going to do this interview today i just felt like it after re-listening to another an older episode from the podcast um and then i felt motivated to do it so i hadn't um Charge the batteries beforehand uh, but I thought that they were gonna last long enough so I also didn't connect the recorder to the charger and like have it like uh, connected to a a power outlet I could have done that in any case so actually now I I have changed the batteries and I'm going to wrap it up but uh, I will have to stitch these two parts together like speaking of post-production or not now I will have two audio files that I will have to glue together um, to be one episode. But I found it to be an odd place to end before, right in the middle of a, con- of a sentence. So I wanted to still still wrap it up. Yeah, it's, we- it's really weird to listen to yourself talking to other people. You get more used to it, but um, yeah, I cannot listen to the whole series in one time, so I'm still slowly re-listening i had to have like a break before i was able to relive the same conversations again um and you hear yourself like laughing and making jokes and asking questions and i don't know it's not always in retrospect that you feel like you were on point in a conversation so um i think it is good that normally conversations between people are not necessarily recorded um because it's good that you can't, like, go back and, with this minuscule, like, critical eye, judge yourself. But it's also a really good exercise to listen to yourself and accept yourself for how you talk and and how you interact. And, yeah, I, I assume that actors have similar experiences when watching themselves on screen and, and singers um, listening to themselves on cds and stuff it's good it can be therapeutic in this way that you you accept how how you are in recorded format um but yeah so oh, what was now what were we talking about um mm, oh i'm sorry i totally uh Lost track of it now. Maybe we should just end it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we have been a bit a bit around most things. Do you have a website or or something? No, <laughs> I have to admit, I am so far behind. I I have my personal Facebook, but that is not for like the public to follow uh, as like an art page. Maybe I should turn it into that because it has overgrown itself a little bit. I do not have an Instagram. I had one that I never used for many years. And for so many years I got these emails that it was being like locked onto from all countries in the world. And so I recently finally closed it down. Because I thought that maybe I had been like catfishing people without knowing it for years, and so I thought it was better to just shut that down. Um, I mean, I don't mind the internet and and stuff and computers, but uh, uh, it's really a whole extra job in itself to, like, profile yourself online. But I want to go back to the times when we actually visited websites. I want to... Yeah, let's bring back the websites. Uh, where you have more control over format and quality and content. So I think I will try to get myself together in the next year, hopefully sooner than that, and, and actually create a website. Uh, I do have a website for the last big project I made, which was called Oma talo, uh, which was this artist re- residency that I ran with Cosmo in a Finnish village on the border of Russia. But that was like a project specific website and honestly, I'm also far behind with like updating that. Um, So yeah, that is not even a really proud internet moment for me. Um, Which is also like, I was still in the middle of the post-production of this documentary film that I had shot there with a lot of interviews and everything. And I was, like, re-editing this documentary a shot for maybe web publishing or something. But then all this COVID happened and, yeah, haven't been able to work that much. So maybe, maybe now I can get back to all these these things that have been waiting. All the all the work on the shelf that is easy to, like, uh, close your eyes from and then do something else. Uh But yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, Yeah, thank you for making the podcast and for talking to yourself about it. Or I don't know if you can thank yourself in this way. It becomes a little bit self-praising. But um, if you listen to this funny episode before any of the others, then enjoy. The other conversations will probably be more natural uh, and have like more real content in a way but this was funny to do and at least if you have listened to this first you you know you understand some of my intentions and um ideas behind this whole thing now we didn't talk really a lot about me as an artist and what i usually do but i thought that instead of talking to myself about some work i had done i could talk about this work this piece of art this series Uh, So yeah, Uh, and let's see what the future holds for this verbal art project, if it will grow and uh, reinvent itself or not. Okay, bye! Thank Thank you for listening. Hope you you enjoyed enjoyed it.